your show this morning on Truth in Texas Banking. I'm LaVonda Renfro, and I'm so excited to have Scott Coy on the podcast this morning. Scott has been a friend and a mentor and someone we have leaned into at Veritex Bank, and we're so excited to have him on the show and talk a little bit about what he's doing with the bank and what he's doing outside the bank. So welcome to the show, Scott. Thanks so much, Lamont. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, listen, Scott, we've known each other for a long time. Yes, we have. We, we go back, LaVonda. We, we go back. <laughs> and I do want to talk about, you know, what you're currently doing here, but I do want to get a little bit of background on you. So people may or may not know that Scott is our chaplain at Veritex Bank, but he's done so many wonderful things out in the community. And, you know, I want to tell you a little bit about his background and how he came to become in his life and ministry. So Scott, I know you started out and tell me a little bit about insurance. Is that correct? Well, actually, it goes back even further than that. Back when I was a youngster finishing up college, I ended up going to grad school. I went to seminary here in Dallas, at Dallas okay. Seminary. And I got involved, was headed one direction, business-wise, career-wise, and just kind of fell in love with the idea of doing ministry, particularly with high school kids, because that was my background. That's where life-changing things happened for me through a ministry called Young Life. Right. So I started doing Young Life out of school. I did Young Life for 17 years. And wow. And there are many of uh, your folks, Veritex family, that know all about a Young Life because they came out of that background also. But I, I started Young Life in Garland back in the 1970s. And one of uh, my most famous alumni is none other than our James Miller, who's. Uh-huh who's still a, a pillar for Veritex and one of my favorite people in the world. Jamie goes back. He was an outstanding athlete at Garland High School and then got involved. In, but I had such a great crop of kids for uh, well, I did for 17 years. I have wow. I, there are three or four guys in town, funny enough, that are bank presidents at different banks. <laughs> we were in our young life clubs, and, which is which is really really special. It's it's a that's fun awesome. Thing. Well, tell so for those of the who, people who may not know what young life is, just can you give us a brief description on what young life is? Absolutely. You know, I was going to say when I talk about what it means to be a chaplain for Veritex, I was. <laughs> That's what Young Life is. Young Life, we had the privilege of of having high schools that we could go and and basically be a friend to high school students. And in that process, give them somebody to go to, to rally around. And in in many cases, we got to share our faith with them, which gave them hope for building a future when they were looking at a world that was confused. You know, we grew up through the, I did it through the Vietnam War years. I did it through, you know, all, all the chaos over in the Middle East. And to be able to give people a hope, which goes beyond daily circumstances, which I found to be in, in Christ. But it's just it's also just being people of faith. And so in high school, I got to do that. I would build volunteer teams and we would work in high schools. We did camping and but we were there for high school kids. Half yeah. of the high school kids, more than half of the high school kids today are being raised in single family 
the single parent families, which also provided a great opportunity for me and, and my teams to go in there and just, just to love on kids and be there for them uh-huh. and be kind of a, a doorway to where they could ask questions and deal with life and, and try to get some answers. And we found that Christian faith certainly answers many of those. Uh-huh. It was also just being a person of faith, being a person of hope. So right. getting to do that for 17 years was really a lot of fun. I ended up you know, speaking at camps all over the place. And, but my home is here in Dallas. So my network for many, many years before I got into business was all right here in Dallas. So tell me then, you know, you did that and very successfully. And of course, you know, Jamie's one of our favorite leaders here at the bank as well, but you went a different path and you did that as well, but you also went down the business path. So what did you do during business? Okay. After having a few kids of my own, the two kids of my own at the house and being gone a lot in the evenings, Susan and I, Susan being my wife, we've been married 42 years, thought it might be time to have a vocation that allowed me to be home more in the evenings. Right. I still did ministry things, but I did them as a volunteer. And that's that's kind of where my story with Malcolm Holland comes in, but we can get to that in a second. But I got into to business and worked for a, my board chairman from Young Life for a few years, but that involved a lot of traveling. And so I really didn't want to travel. So I got in the insurance business through another friend and ended up helping him run his company and then ended up running an insurance company for a private equity group and, and kind of finished up my business career doing that and tried to practice a lot of the very things that Malcolm and I talked about what he wanted to do with the bank. So there was a real synergy going on for the last 30 years of how we both want to do business, how we want to care for people, how we want to be successful at business. But success is not success unless your people are taken care of. Right. People people know they're valued and loved as part of of your operation. So that's what I did. I did that for about 25 years. And then after I got everybody squared away, married off, Education. You guys are all familiar with that. Yeah. I got everything taken care of. It turned to Susan. They said, you know, I think I want to go back and do, do full-time ministry again. And then out of that evolved this, this whole idea of and Malcolm saying, well, if you're going to go do some different types of ministry, you know, I've always dreamed about maybe having a chaplain at the bank. And that's where yeah. The genesis of that idea came from. I'd go, well, that'd be a crazy idea. I said, kind of job description could you have? And he said, I don't know. I trust you to go make one up. Lavanda will help you and guide you. And I said, let's give it a shot. So that's kind of how we segued over to doing some few things for Veritex. That's awesome. Well, I, th- I know that one of the things that Malcolm has always talked about, and I, you know, hear it from a lot of different people, is that you don't just measure success by you know, the money you make, which is a part of it because you're a publicly owned company, but it's also by the measure of how you care for your employees and the people that you work with the closest. And so I think that an investment, if you will, in in helping people have hope and helping people have a way to discuss things that they may want to discuss and, you know, give thanks as well uh, to what we were blessed with and and bringing you on board was a, a way to help accomplish that. Now, I like to do is just tell you, you got your background in ministry and you went through the insurance and now you're, you're working with us. And I know you have other things you're working with. One of the things that we talk a lot about with Veritex is that, you know, we're so involved in the community. It's not just in our name, which is part of it because it kind of keeps us grounded to the principles that we were founded on, stay involved, help your community, but also your community abroad, your community, you know, not just Dallas and Texas, but abroad. And you and I had a discussion not very long ago 
unfortunately, there's a, a need in Ukraine and Russia. And you had been talking about perhaps, you know, taking some time because we've had people who are interested in this to see what are the needs in Ukraine? How can we as a as a body help those that are in need? So tell me a little bit about what you're thinking about doing in Ukraine. Yeah, great, Lavanda. I mean, it is true. It, those ideas are spawned by big hearts like yours and, and Malcolm's and the and the rest of your team. Yeah, I've watched natural crises go on, you know, for 50 years on TV and wondered how people responded. And then as I grew up, I learned that not every organization was on the up and the up and how they care for people. They many times, man's got a dark side to him. Yeah. Some are darker than others, for sure. But some people take advantage of these situations, knowing that the crisis is pulling on the heartstrings of caring people. Advantage of that. Well, this is one of those times where I wanted to peel the layers back and get involved with finding out who is really being effective. You know, the the needs for the refugees coming over the borders into Poland, into Hungary. And mm-hmm. now we have a new offensive in the east. It, it could get you know even tougher. And people are trying to get out. I, my heart has just been tugged to go over there and find out what's going on, not only representing, uh, you know, my church, but my bank, you know, in yeah. the sense, I'm, I, I have two groups that really support what I do. And you, you guys are a huge part of that, as well as, you know, the people I do other ministries with here in town that connected with our friends. We have some friends doing ministry in Hungary and said, can I come over and serve? Can I come over and see what's going on and help with the refugee issues? Because listeners will yeah. know that Hungary borders on the, on the Ukraine border. Right now, they're needing people to even go up and shuttle refugees in vans from Ukraine, sometimes go drive into Ukraine to pick them up and then back. And there are a number of organizations that are that we can give money to and all that. But I want to find out which ones might be, at least from my perspective, yeah. the, the most effective so that I could share that not only with my bank family, but with my uh, faith family here in Dallas to go, here's where I think money could be sent or spent, or here's where here's what I'd be praying about. Here's how you can help. Right. And, and since I have that little bit of that, that margin, if you will, and the blessing uh-huh. of the bank to go, hey, go over there and find out. That's what I'm hoping to do here in a few weeks. Yeah. Well, we're, we're very excited to you know, support you in that effort, as well as, you know, as you let us know what is needed to see how we can be more involved. Because, you know, I think one of the things I love about this family at Veritex is it's such a caring, giving heart of all of our servant leaders that work here. Not only do we try to take care of our internal clients, you know, and employees, but those abroad, you know, for a better world for all of us. So I think that speaks volumes of our heart. You know, as you guys have grown, Lavanda, it's been it's been fun and it's been a great challenge. Of course, we probably should say that yeah, I have this long standing relationship with Malcolm Holland in this whole thing. Not, not to dismiss him or to give him a hard time, but we've often discussed strategies on how we we make people uh, important in the process of, of making a bank successful. And, right. Uh, and 
And then through all this, we're trying to be be sharp and get the word community in there. Even though you've gotten larger, we've we that's not even fair. You guys have worked diligently to keep people in their their value at the forefront of your mission. I hear your name and and few others regularly about how wonderful a bank this big could care so much about people. That doesn't come by accident. You guys have worked really hard to keep community and the idea of having the novel idea of having a chaplain in a bank that is growing and with notoriety and their respect in the banking community. It's novel though, to have, you have a, what a chaplain. Yeah. In fact, I have heard from employees that you have brought in over the last couple of years, that one of the reasons that they have come to Veritex is they heard how much the management cares that they care enough to have a, a neutral person like a chaplain just uh-huh. be available. There was a day, I know when your bank was smaller, that LaVonda, you <laughs> and Mal and the, the handful of the others, Kessler, those guys, everybody knew everybody, knew them intimately. Yeah. As you got bigger, you needed somebody to kind of come in and help keep that, hey, we care about you message out there. Yeah. To have a chaplain to create the programs you have have continued to do that. But that's really that's difficult with a big, big bank. But yet you're still sending a great message. I am the only employee you have. I, am an employee. <laughs> I think I'm an employee. I better check that out. <laughs> that doesn't want or need anybody else's job. Right. <laughs> I am the safest person in Veritex Community Bank system. Because that way, I can talk to no matter who you are. I can sit down, you know, with the, the people in our lobbies, those sweet folks, those single moms that are they're struggling to, you know, during COVID, you know, that needed somebody to talk to. Is because the, you know they got to keep a job, but they got kids at home now, and right, and all the way up to the you know the eighth floor when I'm when I'm talking with you and the rest of your team. There's freedom there to have somebody to talk to to keep your sanity, to keep your perspective, and sometimes just to get some direction because I'm for the bank. I am for the success of you, LaVonda, and the rest of the bank family more than anything else. Right. And that's a sweet privilege to have. And I've had some other guys from other businesses and I going, hey, that's a pretty good, you want to come over and, you know, that's a good idea. <laughs> Be with our employees, and I go, you know what? I got more than so great. Tell them hands off, buddy. I got more than I got. It's really true. I think is the sweetest part is also now that it's becoming difficult because as I get to know many of the, the folks in the Veritex family, I'm getting to actually meet less of them because you know I get to spend more time with the people I do know. And yeah. So that's there's a little bit of the rub. And I hope that we can use this podcast or, or anything else that you guys can do is to let people know that I'm available. I, that's that's really my job description to the Veritex family is I'm available to talk about family issues, job issues, life, direction, careers. Yeah. Faith. Well, I think that's the one thing that a lot of people may may have a, a misunderstanding about, you know, what's a chaplain do, right? Right. And for me, when I when Malcolm and I were talking about it, I said, listen. I'm, I'm excited to have someone that can speak and listen to people and of hope. And for me, faith is hope, right? Yes, and ma'am. it doesn't, it's, it's, even though it may be Christ-centered, it doesn't matter. It's neutral. Everyone wants to have someone who can speak to someone 
who can have hope, who's had some experiences in life that maybe can give some guidance or some uh, advice on. But that's really all it is. I think the one thing that misses in any kind of interaction is that all of us want hope. All of us live for the hope of tomorrow, the hope of a better world, the hope of our children, the hope of you know a good economy, whatever it is. And to have that person who can help deliver some of that and, and help open those thoughts, to me, that's really what a great chaplain does, right? It's, it's about that. I, I hope so. I, I better, we'll, we'll scratch the word great. I just want to be <laughs> I'm not sure I know what a great one is, Lavana, but I think you're absolutely right. It is, it is having isolation is a terrible enemy. It is. And we know, I know, in, in close to 50 years of ministry, that suppressing things you've not talked about or suppressing pain, it comes out somewhere. It comes out in your health. It comes out in your family. If you're frustrated with your job and you suppress it, it, it comes out in the family. If you're having problems with the family, you suppress it, it comes out in your job. Right. And what we need is to create a culture, and you guys are trying desperately to do that. And we're all going to fall short, but we're trying. Sure. We're going to fail. Yeah, but we're trying to create a culture where people have somebody to talk to and it's safe to go. Yes, that's not the end. It's not the end of the world. It feels like it. Yeah. It feels like it. Feelings are real, but they're not always reliable as to the accuracy of what's going right. on because things are often not as dark as as we feel, and they're probably not as great as we feel somewhere right. in the middle. So we take this journey of of taking it together. And um, what we're, I think the culture, uh, and, and I do talk about the culture at Veritex as much as I, I talk about being a, a chaplain, because the culture is what, exactly what you just said. It's, it's creating an atmosphere where we can gain hope and encouragement from one another and that people are important. That guy and that gal sitting next to you or working next to you is important. Yeah. And I promise you, they're bringing to work their, their pain, their excitement, their anxiety, their anticipation, yeah. all of that. Yeah. And to be able to create an environment where that's safe will only make their work more uh, sustainable, more accurate, more enjoyable, if you will. Yeah. But it is fun to think that you have you are garnering some real talent when people are just hearing that you guys have worked hard on this culture. That is one that you don't have to be ashamed of your faith, but you can also care about people. Right. That, that, my friend, is becoming a rare commodity out there. I saw it running my own stuff. I <laughs> I tried real hard to to make people the center of it, but there are many times when you care about people, they take advantage of that, and that's hard to sustain that. Yeah, you know when your heart's good, but you know people are taking advantage of it. So therein lies the rub that we're we're all yeah together. And I and I always pull back from that because you know Malcolm always says to me when I when I fall say something, you know, count on it, Lavanda, it's going to happen, right? And. Uh, <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's like his famous saying to me is count on it, right? And he's right. But I do think that, listen, I, I truly believe, and I know that the executive team believes that at the heart of our success are really good people who really want to do a good job. You're always going to have the one-offs. You're going to have the things that happen. But you don't do things for that reason. You do it for what's real and what's authentic and what, you know, you can really make a difference in most people's lives. And really, in the end, that's what we're called to do, right? We're, we're called to do that, make a difference. 
Absolutely. And I think I think you are making a difference. And you're right. You're going to have your one-offs. People will always take advantage of the system, no matter Just where you go. I don't care if it's a church or a country <laughs> or a bank. Exactly. <laughs> there are those. And, and usually, quite honestly, because of my counseling background, I know that that is done because somebody has an inner hurt that's never been dealt with. Yeah. And so they're kind of acting out. You know, most things that people do that are harmful to other people are, are a reaction to something that's that's happened previously. I'm not getting psychological or anything else. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that's why we take time to listen to people. A lot of times I listen to bank employees talk about their situation and I know you know I can already tell you what the, what's really the issue behind that. Yeah. Letting them talk for a season, I can kind of get back to that and hopefully bring some relief to go. You might be dealing with the wrong issue. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes uh, there's a symptom, uh, you know, that's what you'll get. You're going to get that in the marketplace much more than you're going to actually get the main problem. The main problem is not going to be Liddy Holland. You know, it's not going to be her. It's going to be. It's going to be something else, and she's going to take it out on Libby. And yeah. so to have a neutral party, again, somebody that doesn't want your job, to be able to sit down with you and go, if you'd like to, you can tell me what's going on at home. Because I can't tell anybody. Uh, there's right. a, a code of ethics, if you will, but it's a higher one being a part of our family that, you know, I would only repeat something if I thought somebody was in danger or in harm yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, therefore... You know, I, I talk about marriages, I talk about children, I talk about bank issues and frustration because, you know, when you've acquired a few banks like you guys have, there's always angst in changing yeah. systems or where am I going to be moved or am I going to be moved? And, and to be able to walk with people, you know, and you think about it, it's pretty cool. Every business should have something. We're calling it a chaplain because we, many of us are, are real people of faith. We're not just counselors. Right. Your, your president is, is one. You are one. Many of, of, of your top executives are people that live out their faith. And that is so encouraging to the rest of the employees who want to. I have had your employees, some of your new employees come to me saying they left banks because they weren't allowed to even wear religious symbols because it might hurt somebody's feelings. Mm -hmm. Things don't hurt people's feelings. People hurt people's feelings. Right, right. It's so good to be able to walk through and to expand people's understanding of that. And it brings them peace. Yeah, I think that brings some comfort and bringing some, like I said, again, for me, it's about hope. It's really, that's really what I, I look at it for that is that there's hope for for everything. I, I One of the things I wanted to ask you about, Scott, is so, you know, when we have our podcast, we talk about people with a purpose and why they do what they do, right? Because all of us, you know, we're involved in business. I mean, I have a job that I'm responsible for and that's my that's my role. But I also have a purpose uh, behind that job that gives me hope, that gives me comfort, that gives me, quite frankly, fulfillment and enjoyment. What is your purpose? Oh, well, personally, my purpose would be, is be my life's mission purpose statement, which is everything that I do and everything I'm about. I want to bring honor to Christ who changed my life, you know, yeah. I am a person of faith. My So the woman that I, I sought to share my journey with had to be a, a woman of faith, and Susan's incredible. I wanted to be able to raise my children that way, and I didn't want to be one of those mystery guys that talked about how important something was but lived a totally different way. Two, two different lives. 
So my goal is, my mission is to be consistently who I've claimed to be for 50 years now. Yeah. And I've not always done that well, Ivana, shall I, to be perfectly honest. But I think... Is anybody? Uh, no. <laughs> right. No. Not not my journey they have. Yeah, yeah. Most people, right? Most people have a they they strive uh, to to do the things they are called to do, but we all fail at times. Well, failure is part of the journey. I think you said it earlier. That's that's one of the great things that God uses to teach us new things. I had a great professor, a mentor of life. He said, you know, experience is not the great teacher, Scott. Evaluated experience is the great teacher. Oh, that's I love why, that. That's why we as mentors, we you know, you know, can somebody or you know go rip them, rip their heads off for doing something wrong. They're great opportunities to say, if you really want to fix it, let's go back and see why and how you did that and mm-hmm. how we won't do it that way. It's true of raising kids, it's true of shepherding bank employees. Mm-hmm. The wise people will take advantage of the experiences, both good and bad, and mm-hmm. evaluate them. Hey, what we did good, let's do that again. What did we do poorly? Let's, let's take that off. <laughs> Stop <time>. doing that. <laughs> Can we scratch that? Right. And, and if most people are like me, they'll have to do that two or three times before they sure. go, I got it. Yeah, let's scratch that. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I do always tell everybody when, when we're talking about the culture, somebody will come to me and say, hey, talk about our culture here at the bank or whatever. And I'll say, listen, for me, it's an experience. It's not words. It's when you see action, our actions, the way we speak with each other, the things we do with each other, that's that's a culture. But we're going to stumble. We're not going to always do it right. We're going to think we're doing it right, and then we're going to stumble. But that's that's life, right? And as I always tell my kids, life is not life is messy sometimes. And you got to, you know, really, you got to be kind of strong to get through it some days, you know. And for me, having faith is that part of how to get through the messiness of life. You know, it's absolutely true. You said it better again than I can. It is the light lighthouse of, uh, you know, getting to safety. The young man, I remember on a fishing trip that I that the storm broke open and my wife, who was a fiance at the time, <laughs> was in the boat and I this storm came up and I couldn't I couldn't see in front of the boat. It was raining so hard. Wow. All I could see was a light where I needed to get the boat. And all I could think about was my future father-in-law killing me for <laughs> uh, hurting his daughter. But the other thing was, I have not for 50 years, I look back at that and go, what a great example that if you do not have a lighthouse, if you do not have a target, then anything, anything's a mess. Everything else yeah. is a mess. If yeah. you don't know where you're going, if you don't know what you are about, if you do not know what you believe, then you miss the target all the time because there's no target. And That's that, a great way to put it. That loses, to, now I'm going to tie it back to you in case you're ready to land this plane. That leads back to hope. If you do not have a target, in this case, you know, I call it faith. But if you do not understand that God loves you and he cares about you and he wants the very best for you and he's done everything for you, including sending his son, that's a target. Keep right. your eyes on that lighthouse and you can get through the storms in life because you are 100% correct. You are going to have storms. Count on yeah. it. Count on it. <laughs> it's in the words of Mr. Holland, count on it, right? 
You stole those, but I'll get with Malcolm later on that. I know where he got that. But we all use them. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I, I, you know, listen, I could talk to you all day, as you know. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. And I just, I want to thank you, first of all, for being such a, a beacon of light for our employees and giving, helping our employees and all of us have someone that we can go to and not just tell our woes to, but it could be excited when we have celebrations. So I think sometimes it gets lost that, you know, faith is always about the woes of the world. Well, faith is also about the celebrations of life. And so I just want to make sure we talk about those as much as we talk about the woes, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, the, you know, I'll leave you with this one, you guess, because I think that's a good point to leave them all on. Not only do I get to sit and maybe shed a tear with you or or give some hope, but I get to do some celebrating. And one of your uh, one of my favorite people that I got a lot of them at Veritex is, is Jeff Kessler. And I got to go celebrate with with Jeff, the renewing of his 25th wedding vows. And, and I got to do those for he and his bride. And you know what? And it was celebrated because Jeff and I have talked about hard things and good things, but he lets me share in the good stuff too. Yeah. Excited yeah. It's not, not everything's bad, right? Nice. I, I think when you can, like you said, that beacon of light also means celebrating and the wonderfulness of life that, that we're given. And we're only given one, right? And on this earth. Exactly right. right. So play it, to play it out, play it to the fullest. Exactly. Well, thank you, Scott. I really enjoyed talking with you. I always love talking about our purpose, who we are. I think it's a it's a, one of our foundations of how we build not only our culture but who we are as a company, and about hope, and about celebrating, and about being authentic, uh, and having that guiding to your point that that lighthouse of who are we and where we're going. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for letting me be a part of the Veritex family. It is a blessing, I assure you. Thanks, Scott. All right. Thanks, Yvonne.